I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm at a loss just because of who he is. And uh, I think um, what's stirring in me really, really, I'll just jump there. Hold on one second. Thank you for grace. <clears throat> you know, um, it's so easy Um, to become familiar. It's easy in relationships, period, to become familiar with people. And when we become familiar, you begin to take for granted who they are and the influence they have in you. And I think, you know, every year we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. And uh, this year I just... I got along with him, and I just said, Jesus, I have to see you. I know what I've learned. I know what I know, and it doesn't. The story is the same, right? It's the same. But I tell you, every time you read it, life can be released to you. If we do it and we look at it and say, Jesus, I want my heart to be open where you can speak to me. And I was, I was reading through it, and for a long, long time, Luke 24 has probably been one of my favorite chapters when we talk about the resurrection and things like that because it's in Luke 24 where Jesus is there um let me just turn there so I don't lose it or mess it up he's there's the two men he's resurrected and the two men are walking uh on the road to Emmaus two of the disciples and uh so Jesus said to them he says their eyes were restrained they didn't know him in verse 17, he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another uh, as you walk and are sad? And it says, then one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have you not known the things that have happened here these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. You know what? It's so easy to see him as that. He's a prophet. He's mighty in word and in deed, but is that all he is to you? Okay. Mighty in deed and word before God and for all the people, verse 20, and how the chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping... We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the thir third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did, when they did not find his body, they came saying that he had, uh, they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but, that they, did, but they did not see him. Then Jesus said, then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe, and all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. What would that have been like? I mean, it's one thing to study the scriptures and to hear the word. It's something totally different. For Jesus himself to be walking with you and expounding all the scriptures. And that's what it said. 
Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Verse 31. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Verse 32. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? Did not our hearts burn within us when he talked with us on the road and he opened the scriptures up to us? That's my prayer. Every time I sit down with the word is, God, I want it to burn on the inside of me. I don't want to read it just to gain knowledge and understanding because it's so quick. Jesus said that. He said, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. And these are those that speak of me, but you won't turn to me that you might have it. So what he told him, he said, you can, is studying the scriptures wrong? No, absolutely not. So don't take me out of context. Studying the scriptures are not wrong. It's right. It's the right thing to do. But if you study it just to gain knowledge, you miss him. But if you read it because he is the word that was in the beginning and became flesh and dwelt among us, and you say, Jesus, I have to see you. And it's what Jim said earlier, that we acknowledge and meet and understand the person of Jesus. He's a person. He's alive today. Amen. He's alive today. And the thing that's burning in my heart is not that. That was all free. Uh, it's John 20. And I want to read uh, from the Passion Translation. Because I don't know who prayed. If you prayed the first time what Jim led you in the adoption prayer, you had never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that today and asked him, to be your savior. You believed into him and you asked to be uh, born into his family today. If you did that for the first time today, hallelujah. That's awesome. That is so, so good. But a lot of times in church, the people who are here are believers. That's good. Okay, it's not a trick statement. That's good. All right. And Jesus has something he wants to say to us as believers. And this is what's stirring in me so much is that we can come and we can put on our pretty clothes. And I'm all for pretty clothes, all the pinks and pastels and all that. And, you know, everybody's dressed up looking pretty for their Easter pictures and family time and all that. I'm I'm all for that. But we can get so familiar with this time of year that it just becomes another Sunday. It's just the one that we dress a little different, and we eat a little different, but everything else is the same. And if that's so, then we don't understand what it means to be born again into him, and that his life is flowing through us. And John 20, verse 19, the evening, that evening the disciples gathered together, and because they were afraid of the reprisals of the, from the Jewish leaders... They had locked the doors at the place where they met, but suddenly Jesus appeared among them and said, peace to you. I love that. I just love that. They're in the door. They're in the building. The doors are locked. Why? Because they had a prayer meeting. They didn't want to be interrupted. No, they were scared. They were in there and they were scared. Jesus told them, he said, the the scripture is going to be fulfilled. Strike the the shepherd and and the sheep will, will scatter. He said, that's going to be fulfilled. 
He told them. That's why he prayed for them in John 17. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. He was telling them, He told them that right before he said all this about what was going to happen and right before the arrest and everything that, that took place. You know, I talked about that a few moments ago. There was the arrest and they came to get him and he said, I am. And when he said, I am, five to six hundred men fell down. And when they got up, first thing Peter did was pulled out his sword. Whack! Cut off Malchus's ear. I promise you he was not swinging for his ear. Just so you know. And Jesus picks it up and puts it on his head. And said, Peter, if you live by it, you'll die by it. He didn't rebuke him for pulling out his sword. He didn't rebuke him for his zeal. He just said, it's not that time. And if you live that way, you'll die that way. That'll preach right there. Come on, somebody. So they, they arrest Jesus, and the, he said, you've come for me, I'm he, this is, I, I'm who you come for, so let them go. So they let the 12 go, the, the 11, they left, and um, so they're, they're scared. They've gathered together, and Jesus appears in the middle of the room. I love this, you know, and we talk about this all the time. I just want to be real, real with you. If I scare you, pray for me. Okay? Promise if I scare you, you'll pray for me. Okay, that's all I ask. So Jesus here, it says the doors being locked and he appeared in the middle of them. For years I was taught through Bible college that was because he had his resurrected body. Okay, I can take you through two accounts in John's gospel when Jesus is in the middle of people and they're, they're mad at him. They pick up rocks, they're going to stone him and it says Jesus hid himself and walked through the people. It wasn't like Jesus pulled his cloak over his head and said they can't see me, they can't see me, they can't see me, they can't see me. It's your Bible, not, not just mine, it's in your Bible. It says Jesus hid himself. I mean, just Jesus disappeared. Pray for me. Just pray for me. But read your Bibles. It's amazing when we read them. Jesus hid himself. They would have thrown, one day we're going to throw him off the cliff, and it says Jesus walked through the midst of them. Okay, let's, can you see me? If I made you really mad right now, and the only way out was right there, and you didn't want me to get out, do you think I could pull my shirt over my head and get through you? Let's be real. I'm, I'm saying if I did something that really angered you to where you were ready to kill me, and I was, and in your eyes I was worthy of it, do you think me being here, I could get through that door without somebody getting me? Landon's shaking his head. He's being real. Landon's shaking his head. No, I would tackle you. <laughs> I look at, at some of the men in here. The one would have to be right there on the front row, Rusty. He's my height, but two of me. I promise you, if he didn't want me out the door, I wouldn't get out the door. So Jesus didn't just disappear. It wasn't like they go, oh, where did he go? Snap, we lost Jesus. How did that happen? I just want us to use our brain. I want us to read the Bible and see that Jesus was a man as we're a man, but he wasn't bound to the limitations of a man because he was God and man. And he said, now that you're born again, you're born the same way. So they're there. They're scared. They're in the midst. We'll just get back to the story because you're all looking at me like you don't know if you're upset, mad, think I'm crazy. And it's okay because they thought Paul was crazy. And Paul said this, if I'm crazy, it's for him. If I'm in my right mind, it's just for you. So if you can identify with anything in me that's in my right mind, it's for you. If I'm crazy, it's for him, and I don't care. And you know what? Those people who don't care, they're the most dangerous. Pray for me. (laughs) 
Because if we reckon ourselves dead in him, what do we have to lose? Because we've already resurrected into life, so we can't really die. A little too much, I back off. <laughs> I looked at my wife, I said, pray for me. So she prayed for me on the front row. She said, you feel okay? I said, yeah, I just, I'm so full. I, I don't, I don't want to leave anyone, no child left behind in the school today. But there's so much in me, I really, I can just be honest, I didn't even really want to speak. Because I don't want to do injustice to what he wants to do and what he wants to convey in this place today. It's that precious to me. You mean that much to me. That we don't just go through this vicious cycle like the children of Israel walking around the mountain the whole time. The promised land is there that he's calling us into and say there is a better way. There is a better life. There's more for you. And we just keep going around the mountain that one day we'll eventually be rescued out of this. Because our, our loving Savior is going to come back and rescue us out. And he said, I've given you authority to walk on the earth. Romans 8 says creation's groaning, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Okay. John 20, you still there? He said, peace to you. I love how he does that. I just love how he just rocks their wig and then says, peace. Then he showed them the wounds in his hand, of his hands and the, of his side. And they were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Jesus repeating his greeting, peace to you. And he told them, just as the Father has sent me, I, I am now sending you. Is that confusing? Nope. Jesus said, just like I came, I'm now sending you. Take, then, taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins, and people's sins will be forgiven. But if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of their sins, they will remain guilty. So church, here's what I want you to know. Resurrection Sunday. That it's not just our job to dress up pretty and come to church and be good people. It's much more than that. It's our responsibility to be the sons of God that represent the Son of God in the earth today. He said this. This is so startling to me. Jesus looking at his, his disciples in, in this room that for fear. One thing I want to mention is that here when he breathed on them, uh, it's exactly how God brought the Spirit into man. All right? I'm going to do a little, little, little history, and then um, I'll, I'll try to be quick. So in Genesis, God created, it says, and we won't go to Genesis 2 and, and read all that, but in the beginning, God created, you know, he, he, uh, he spoke and, and everything came into existence. But with man, he formed him from the dust of the earth, and it says, then God breathed into man, and man became a living being. So God spoke everything else into existence, but man, he made, he formed, and then he put his spirit into man. That's why man would never die had they not eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They would have lived forever. That's why once they did, he hid, he, he hid and drove them out of the garden so they wouldn't eat of the tree of the fruit of, uh, of life, the tree of life, so they wouldn't live forever in that position and condition apart from God. It was his love that drove them out, not his anger. That's a rhema for somebody. It wasn't because he was mad at man. It was because he loved them so much he didn't want them to stay in that state of separation. 
So man became a living being by God putting his spirit, by breathing his life into them. And here in John 20, because, you know, we've been taught, I was taught in school that it was on the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit was given to the church. Nope. It was in John 20 when he breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Then he said, now go wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. That was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was something that came after. It was subsequent to salvation. Jesus put the Spirit of God back in man the same way God did the first time. He breathed on him and said, receive the Spirit. So when the day of Pentecost came, they didn't receive the Holy Spirit as though they had never had it. What they did is they received the baptism, the enduing with power of the Holy Spirit. That's necessary. If we're going to, do, if we're going to be the sons of God that the, the, the creation is waiting for us to see, waiting to see, it's going to be that way. But here he said this is so powerful. After he breathed on them and they became a new creation, they became something they'd never been before. This word where it talks about he breathed, it's only used here and when he released his spirit into man in John chapter 20. And then it says, then he taken a deep breath, he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I send you to pre preach condemnation of sin, to tell the world how sorry they are and they're going to hell in a handbasket, Right? That they're just a bunch of sorry sinners and, that, and name all their sins so they don't miss them. And tell them if they're coming in, they've got to confess them all. Because if they miss one, bless God, they're going to hell. Is that what he said? No, he didn't. He said, I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins and people's sins will be forgiven. But if you, if you don't proclaim forgiveness of sins, they will remain guilty. The New King James, the King James talks about whoever sins you remit will be remitted. Whoever you retain will be retained. He's not saying you have the power to stand and go, yep, you're going to hell. I don't like you. You're going to hell. That's not what he's saying. He's saying if we refuse to release out of our mouth the truth of his forgiveness, then people will go to hell because they don't know truth. That's no small thing. That's no small thing that Jesus said, I trust you with the blood that I shed on that cross for the forgiveness of sins. Right? I love when you look. If you go to Acts chapter 2, um, let me see if I got it. I just, I love in Acts chapter 2, Peter, you know, this Peter that, if you go to 1 Corinthians 3, uh, what? If you go to 1 Corinthians 15, you can start reading in verse 12. Um, no, no, no. Let, let me just read this real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse uh, 3. For I delivered you, first of all, that which I received through Christ, uh, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to those scriptures, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, which is Peter. So it says here that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. This is the only place it records that. So here, I believe, is where he begins the restoration process with Peter, when he's seen by Peter. Then we know that when he's, uh, we, we continue to read in, in the Gospels, and I I want to say John, but don't hold me to that. I think it's John when Jesus, when the disciples go fishing, and after Jesus is resurrected, he shows up on the shore, 
and, and uh, he says, hey, what you doing? And they said, we're fishing, and they hadn't caught anything. And he said, throw your net on the other side. And when they threw it on the other side, they had to call for help, and they brought it in. And Peter jumped out of the boat uh, and, and swam to Jesus. Y'all with me? So Jesus swims to Jesus, uh, Jesus. Peter swims to Jesus, and the others come in. They bring all of it. You know what's so good about the Lord? You know how Peter surrendered to ministry? Peter was fishing and wasn't catching anything. He knew how to get to Peter. He said, he told, he said, Peter, can I use your boat? And he said, yeah, we've been washing our nets. We ain't done anything anyway. And he says, push out a little ways. And he uses Peter's boat. Then afterward, he says, let down your nets for a haul. Isn't it amazing that Peter came into the ministry that way and he was restored in the ministry? He's so good. He's so good. He wanted Peter, I know where you are. I know exactly where you are. You know what? He knows exactly where you are. But Peter comes in and he says, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. Right? You wouldn't. Okay, it's right. So you don't have to shake your head. I know it's right. I just read it this morning. But anyway, so and then uh, so that's what he did. And then we get here, uh, and and Peter stands up. What I'm what I'm amazed at this Peter who denied him three times, who who was uh, afraid, locked up in a room. When the day of Pentecost came, when boldness came on him, when the Holy Spirit came on, which Jesus said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to have power, you're going to have boldness. The same Jesus who said, I'll die for you, and then denied him. When the Holy Spirit came upon him, this is what Peter stood up in Acts chapter 2, and he said this. But Peter standing up, verse 14. Hold on. Let me back up. Make sure I don't get ahead of myself. All right, we'll just start in verse 14. Uh, It says, Then Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. There's a difference in this man. That's what I'm praying for this day. I'm thankful for everything that's taking place. But my heart's prayer is this, that we would stand with the same boldness that we see in Peter's life. When we see the risen Jesus and we know that his power is what sustained me, his power is what's restored me. When I was in sin, when I was lost and I was in sin, he came to me and he rescued me in the midst of my mess. And he loved me. And he said, you meant heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose. I love that. I've said that a lot here. He didn't say they weren't drunk. <laughs> if you get mad at me, pray for me. He didn't say they weren't drunk. He said they weren't drunk the way you think they're drunk. <laughs> okay. As you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, it was early in the morning. But this was spoken of, of the prophet Joel, and he reads all that. Verse uh, 22, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by that determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified, and put to death. (laughs) um, I don't think you read Zig Ziglar's book. How to win friends and influence people. He was not on the right road with this, with this speech he was delivering. 
he said, You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because, uh, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. And he talks about David. He said, For David saw concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I will not, I will not be shaken. We sang that last week. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Have you, you have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David. If he hadn't been speaking freely. That is, he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us today, to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him of uh, the fruit of his body according to the flesh, he would raise Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses." Is uh, what I was reading earlier in 1 Corinthians and got distracted. And when you read there, it talks about Peter. He saw Peter, and then he goes through all the others that he saw. He said, let me just go back. First Corinthians 15, Peter, verse 3, uh, 4. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas and by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part are remain, remain to this present, but some have fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen by James, uh, then by all the apostles. The last of all, he was seen by me also by, as one born out of due, of due time. For I, am not the, for I am the least of the apostles, who I, am, who I am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly that they, than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was, it was with me. So Jesus, his resurrection wasn't just by a handful. It wasn't just in those 12 that were in the upper room when he appeared in the middle of them. And he said, now go, uh, whoever sins you remit or remitted, and whoever you retain or retain. The New King James, that's what I know. I don't. I can't quote the passion, but what he was saying is this. If you don't go out and tell it, it won't be told. So what, what's all your rambling about? My rambling is this, that we're here today, Resurrection Sunday, for a purpose. And that's that Jesus has arisen. He's risen from the dead. He's alive. And because I've put my faith in him, now I'm alive. And because I'm alive, I have life to give to those who are dead. And everyone who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, the Bible says, is dead in sin. But here's the good news. They can be born again. And our responsibility is this. Our privilege is this. That we can respond to him in such a way as, as this. As Jesus, you laid your life down for me. Now I get to live my life for you. Romans 12, 1 and 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
Verse 1 says, Be not, he said, I beseech you therefore but by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What happened on the road to Emmaus, once Jesus opened their eyes, they said, didn't our hearts burn within us when he expounded on the scriptures? You know what happened? Their minds were renewed. To this. Jesus was not just a good man, he was God-man. And that he was alive. And you know what's so cool? If you go back and you read that story, and I won't because of time. When you read that story, they compelled Jesus to come in. Why? I just read it. They compelled him to come in because they had been walking. It had gotten late. And they were saying, it's really not good for you to, to be out on the road. Because really in that day, if you were out at dark, you could be mugged. Because they would be on the streets looking for those who were alone and all. And they would mug them and take their money or whatever. Uh, okay. So... They said, Jesus, you need to come in. It's not safe for you out there, basically. But what happened? When Jesus opened their eyes and they knew who Jesus was, you know what they did? They left and went back to Jerusalem. <laughs> they had been walking said, it's not safe out there. You know what happened? When they understood who Jesus was, something happened on the inside of them when they said, what's out there is not greater than what's in here. That sounds like scripture. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So if you're here and you feel, well, I'm timid. I couldn't ever say anything to anybody. I don't know the scripture like so-and-so knows the scripture. I don't care what scripture you know. I want to know, do you know the God of the scriptures? If you know him, you've got something to say. It's this, I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I don't have it all figured out. You know what? I don't have it all figured out. And I, it's like one of my professors told me in college, he said, the, what I realized is this, the more I know, the more I, know, I learn, I don't, know, I don't know much. Because the more I see who he really is, because you know what, today in this place, I've expanded some of your thinking of who he is. I don't say that boastfully. I know because what I saw your face when I was talking. And some of the things I said about Jesus in the midst disappearing and all that, you were like, you're too young. Most of you know about the RCA dog. It is the TV commercial. The RCA dog will go, hmm? You know, when you do make a noise a dog's never heard before, he'll go, hmm? That's the look that was on your face. <laughs> but as we receive knowledge and we take it and we meditate upon it, and we go, Jesus, I want my heart to expand in this area. Then we have more of him to give away. And that's what he's asking. And here's the thing. We start right here. We start where we are. Not one day, someday. We start right here. And we say, Jesus, I give myself to be a living sacrifice to you. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that looks like in your life. I don't know what opportunities you'll have today around family. That's one thing I know about Easter. We see people uh, that we don't always see. And maybe today would be the day the Lord opens you, taps your shoulder, taps your heart, and says, hey, would you just tell them how much I love them? You don't have to tell them they're going to hell. You don't have to preach to them. Just tell them how much I love them. How do I know they love them if they're on your heart? It's because they're on his. Preach, preacher. One last passage and I'll stop. It's right at 12 o'clock. Somebody's watch just went off. It's 12 o'clock and guess what? We don't have to tear down today. So happy resurrection day. My gift to you told the school, we will not tear down today. It's Easter. Bless God, we got our pretty dresses on and our pretty shoes on. We cannot get them scuffed up. 
And they said, okay, okay, we're not, so we're not tearing down today. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says this. Let, let me go to verse chapter 4. You've, you've heard this a lot, I know, but still. Chapter 4, verse 25 says this. Who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Therefore, being, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Verse 5, now hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. So wherever you are in this, if you've, if you've faced persecution, if, you've, uh, if you're trying to persevere, if you're in that place of perseverance, he said after perseverance, there's character. And character is this. Character says this, no matter what's going on out here, I'm going to stay the same in here. That's character, boiled down to as, element, as elemental as I can get it is this. Character is this, that I'm the same in here no matter what's going on out here. And when I'm the same in here, no matter what's going on out here, hope starts to rise on the inside of me. And hope does not disappoint. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not. Hope is so important. So many people in today's society are hopeless because they, they're looking out here instead of looking to the one who can bring peace in here. Then I, and then he goes to say this. Because the love of God has been shed, has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, listen to this, for in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, much more then, having Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Much more than having been justified by his blood. How do you know you're justified? How can you, who asked Jesus to be your Savior, know that you're justified? It's all about today, this day, what we celebrate. It's all about that day. You can know you're justified because Jesus is in heaven, not in the grave. Romans 4, 25, because you were justified, he raised him from the dead. Not because he's going to justify, it's past tense. So how can you know you have right standing with God because Jesus is alive? Hallelujah! That's good news. And that's the good news that we have to share. Not I've done it all right, because I promise you haven't done it all right. This is how much he loves me. I'm his favorite, but he loves you too. Because when this whole trip to the DR came about months ago, it's, we're, we're going down for a couple of things. But one of the things is Lucy, the middle daughter, who, who's like a daughter to us, uh, when we first went down, she was uh, six years old. And she's turning 15 uh, next week. And uh, in that culture, it's a really big thing. Their quinceanera is very big. And I didn't get to go for Abigail's. Uh, she just turned 18, so three years ago, I didn't get to go, but I planned to go to that, and there were some things I needed to do with Raphael just to sit down and talk with him about vision and what God's doing there and what I feel like God's really doing in him that maybe we've missed uh, or not hadn't been real clear of. So we were praying about all that, and uh, these were the dates that we were going to go, and we lined things up because we have to set up, we have to tear down and all that. 
and uh, was just praying about it, putting people in place to make sure that when I'm not here next week, things get set up. And, and Nanette said, if it's not exactly like you did it, it'll be okay. It'll still go on. We'll still have service. And I'm like, I know that. <laughs> but last week, we were, we were uh, tearing down, and Katie said, you ought to ask if they're going to be out next week. I said, I don't know if they are or not. She said, maybe we could leave this stuff up. So this week, I got a call on Wednesday, and they said, hey, guess what? Y'all got to set up on Thursday. That's good to know. Tomorrow, we got to set up. So I made some calls, and people said, yeah, we can set. So we set up on Thursday, and I said, well, are you out next week? They said, yeah. I said, can we leave everything up? They said, let me check with the principal, and the principal said, absolutely, you can leave the stuff up. I love you, Julie. You're awesome. You're just awesome. It's your family saying, you should have done been out. It's after 12. It's two minutes after 12. Tell him to shut up. I wouldn't be interrupting the service if he knew when to stop. Ha, ha, ha. I'm okay. I don't care. But all that to say this. So as I was working all that, I looked at my wife and I said, he's so good to me. He does more for me on accident than I could ever do on purpose. I'm not the organizer, planner, administrative. That's her. But this was even beyond us, that, that we were able to set up on Thursday. We had Friday night off and Saturday off. We had our men's thing Saturday morning, which was precious. And, and we don't have to tear down today on Easter. It's not coincidental. That's how good he, that's how much he loves me. If you wonder, how do I know God loves me? Stop long enough to look at the things he does in your life that you couldn't do, and that's a kiss from him. But we run like this, and we're so busy, and we have no rest, and we're all stirred up all the time. And we go, God, I just want to hear you. I just want to see you. And he said, I'm all around you. I'm talking to you. I'm doing things for you. If you just slow down and see. So I want you to know today that he loves you because you don't have to put all this stuff in a trailer. He loves me so much that he wanted me to tell you he loves you too, almost as much as he loves me. That's not true. Read your Bibles. John 17 says he loves you just as much as he loved Jesus. Every one of you. The whole lot of you. He loves you that much. Woo! That's good news. That's better than car insurance. That's better than all of it. That's really, really, really good news. Yes, he'll slow you down. Shelly, I love you. You're awesome. So, let's stand. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's so good. He's alive, and I'm alive because he's alive. Romans 6, I wanted to read that, and I didn't. There's so much I wanted to read. You think you read a lot. You don't have a clue. Romans 6 said, if we were buried with him in his likeness, we were also resurrected with him in the newness of life. So here's what you can know. There's no condemnation, Romans 8. There's no condemnation in them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You keep reading in chapter 8, and he says, you're not in the flesh if he lives in you. You've been born again. You're in the Spirit. So live from the Spirit. That's what Ephesians said. If we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So in you, look at your neighbor, say in you. And look at your other neighbor, say in you. And look back at your other neighbor say, if it's not in you, get born again today. Look back at your other neighbor say, if it's not in you, get born again today. In you is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You think that's pretty powerful? 
I mean, all of hell stood against him to keep him in the grave and couldn't. So I don't care what sin has been a stumbling block to you and you've struggled with your whole life. It's dead in Jesus. Therefore, it's dead in you. So you begin to declare, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because I died with him and I was resurrected him. But you don't understand, my actions don't look like that. I don't care about your actions. That's what you're doing. It's not who you are. If we can get our who straight, our do will straighten up. Quit focusing on your do and start realizing your who. And when you realize your who, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Just think, take a moment, shut your eyes right now. Every one of us have things that we're believing God for. Every one of us have hurdles that we're, we're overcoming in our own lives. Right now, I want you to put that thing beside Jesus in the tomb and God resurrecting him. The power that it took to resurrect him from the grave. Now put whatever it is you've got beside that tomb and look how small it is. Father, I thank you that no matter what we're facing today, in light of the reality that you conquered death, death is defeated. We sang that today. Death died when you resurrected. It no longer has a hold on me. Fear of death has no hold on me because I'm alive in you and I cannot die. So whatever the stronghold is, whatever the sin that has beset us, whatever the, the lie is that the enemy's told about our worth, Right now, we lay it in that tomb and we say, you're dead and you have no authority over me because I resurrected with Jesus and that died. So, Father, I thank you for resurrection life and everyone in here today. And I thank you that as we go out, God, I commission them as Jesus said, just as the Father sent me, I send you. So, God, I declare over everyone here under the sound of my voice, today you're being sent as missionaries into your home, your family, your workplace, that the same power that resurrected Christ from the dead is on the inside of you. So never again say, I can't or I'm not, I'm not enough. That died. All of that died. You're new. And the new you is full of power and victory and faith, the very faith of God. I thank you, Lord, that we will go out and we'll do great exploits for your honor and your glory. Father, we bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.